You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This episode is brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue. Their award-winning sauces and rubs will add a Lombardi Trophy level of flavor to your Packers watch parties. The sweet and tangy Dixie Red Sauce packs a one-two punch with brown sugar and molasses, and the spicy Chicago Fire Sauce brings the heat with its fiery chili blend. Complete the championship flavor profile with their secret recipe brisket and rib rubs. And for the ultimate game day experience, let Old Southern Barbecue handle the catering. Their smoked meats, homemade sides, and cornbread muffins mm, will have your crowd celebrating like they're at the Super Bowl. Visit OldSouthernBarbecue.com today for catering menus and to order their mouth-watering sauces and rubs. Lays it up for Freeman. What a catch! That's insane! And or did he came in? The catch! He oh, that may be one of the great throws ever made. He did what? Welcome back to Packernet. JJ Leahy, Brian Schlipp, and Jake Schub. I think today we're going to be doing some nonsense. This was a listener suggestion. I guess I shouldn't call listener suggestions nonsense, but I mean, come on, it's kind of not. <laughs> uh, so Garrett in Southern Illinois sent this in uh, at some point in the last week and suggested, how about we have a segment called Trainwreck? And every guy, or each guy in the pod gives his choice for the biggest team or player train wreck performance. This would add some layers to the podcast for listeners to chime in with their own train wrecks. So I think this will be fun. And since I am hosting this, I'm going to go third. So you guys get to go first. And I have this special coin. (laughs) Okay. So this is uh, a coin that I gave my wife when our daughter was born. And if this is the whose turn is, is it to change the diaper coin? So one side says it's mom's turn. The other one says it's daddy's turn. So who wants to be daddy and who wants to be mama? Well, that is the worst question ever. But I guess <laughs> since I'm pack daddy, I'll be daddy. That's true. That's, true. That's a good point. Okay. Let's see. And we have it's daddy's turn. Oh my god. Ryan, goodness. you get to never off. ever hey, do this kick again. Us off. This is not happening again. <laughs> okay. Kick us off with the dirty diaper. Now, we Jeez. agreed before we started recording, we're gonna expand this. It's it doesn't have to be just be the team or player. You can submit just... anybody or anything for the train wreck performance of the week. <sighs> so a coach, a fan base, whatever. Ryan, take it away. So I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit and be a coward all at once. Uh, sorry, Mommy Jake. But um, I'm going to say Packers defense. I'm a, I'm too much of a coward to point anybody out. 
Um, because I don't... Well, maybe we should start... Actually, start that fight in the comment section. Who is to blame? <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say I have no idea who's to blame. But I'm also going to say that what we saw was wildly unacceptable. I understand the Atlanta Falcons are... Um, pretty talented in some ways i know you know some of the stuff like Bijan breaking ankles i'm not i'm honestly not that mad about it like i get it you tried and you snapped your knee trying to tackle a guy and and he does magical things but there's a lot of things your inability to get off the field almost the entire game um against a a quarterback and and by the way well now i'm getting into who's at fault but do it was it just me or we play in the pass against a garbage quarterback and just letting a rush a rushing team run the ball i I don't i don't know why we did that but anyways pass rushers we don't have any run defenders except like tj slayton is like supposed to be a run defender and he sucks at it yeah and then we then we play nickel i guess but i don't know um so that that would be my cowardly way of pointing out a train wreck, which is something's wrong. I don't know what it is, but if the defense doesn't improve from that, if we can't stop that, then we're not a playoff team. So if you're not gonna if you're not gonna really dial in on individuals on the defense, that leaves it open for Jake and I to oh yeah absolutely individuals. I I would like to I would like to agree with Goose here in the comments. Um, and that's a great comment Jake. as well. No, 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 no <laughs> mommy no, Jake. No, 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 no. no <laughs> I agree no, too. No, no, no. Uh, not blaming Walker. I I tend to agree. Did other than Walker dropping the pick, off. yeah. Other than dropping the pick, I have no yeah. complaints so far. At least from, I would say from the first two games, uh, not including the Chicago game as well. Like I don't think he's been really at fault for anything that's that's been going on defensively. I think I, I think it's the Falcons did a, a couple really good things in knowing that the Green Bay was going to be. I'm not saying playing the pass, but they were going to stick to like the core of what this defense is: is playing some quarters, playing some high shell, where it's going to open up the flats. It's going to open mm-hmm. up those short areas where they're going to be able to attack, and that's that's part of how they play. But also, I, I do think a part of this, and that's why, again, I think we go back to kind of not to go all the way back to the 2022 draft, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, the safeties have responsibilities in this defense, and that includes run fits, uh, even from depth. They have to play top down. We're weak at safety, and that's that's putting it lightly, I think. So. I think that's part of it, but I also agree with JJ what he said. There's a lot of pass rushers. It's great that Wooden and Brooks are joining the fray here. Agree with like, that. I was like, what did I say? Like, you know, bringing in Van Ness. Like, this is all nice. It's, it's great. This this defense is built for third and long. That's awesome. And yeah, I've been definitely. hammering this thing now for what feels like five weeks since we kind of started this 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 show. It's okay. Early downs. Show me something. Show me something in early downs where you can get to the point where third and seven, third and eight becomes a lifestyle, and then you're just going to absolutely unleash on teams. It hasn't been the case so far, So, and especially against Atlanta. So I think, yeah, part of it is not having, you know, and, and man, it hurts It hurts to say, but they Slayton really got moved around. That was my guy. That was my uh, driving, driving the train. Man. Or you could say, is it a wreck? Not yet. It's been two games, but it hasn't been great so far. So that's where I would lean to for the few things. Is is Barry at fault? That's that's a we could be here for an hour. So I, I won't I won't get into that necessarily. 
So I want to I want to really hold Jair Alexander to task for yeah. whatever the heck that mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Okay, Drake London in week one against Carolina. Carolina. One target, zero receptions. He shredded Jair. Jair gave up a perfect passer rating when targeted. What the heck is that? Like, I'm sorry, dude. The Fal- the Falcons are a rushing team. You do not get to be the weak link on our defense. Like, you know who was out there making plays? Rasul Douglas was making plays. Quay Walker was making plays. Carrington Valentine came out, was targeted, I think, twice, maybe only once, but gave up zero receptions. Jair was, like, sleepwalking out there. Um... It was it was a nightmare watching that. Like I when I when I would see the ball floating toward Jair, I started to have a panic attack. When it was going toward Rasul, I was like, okay, we're fine. But it was when it was going toward Jair, I've never felt that way about him. Now he started off last year really slow, and it took him until the middle of the season to like figure out his mojo or whatever he needed. And I mean, he was on a tear and kicking butt for the second half of last season. I need that dude back. Not acceptable. Agreed. Yeah. I, no, no uh, objection here, Your Honor. He's got to play like he's, he's, you know, at least making a, a big chunk of what he's earning right now uh, by just trotting out there. So, yeah. There's, yeah, and too, too old for this in the comments says Jair just looked defeated the whole game, and I think that's true. It, it almost seems like he dropped that pick and he just he got up in his head, and I don't know. And, and it doesn't help that Drake London's so physical. And it seemed like he was just getting manhandled, and that's Jair's a big confidence guy, and for him to just get pushed around the way he did, I mean that I think that was just kind of second year dude. Yeah, I was getting in his head a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully he bounces back. I, you know, there's a bunch of people on Twitter, um, you know, the, the same level of like so-called expert that I am, which is not much, um, kind of poo-pooing the idea that Jair had a bad game and that he was part of why we lost. And I just don't understand like why we got to, you know, handle his performance with kid gloves. He gave up a perfect passer rating. Yeah. You can't, that's, I wouldn't defend any player doing that. I'm not saying Jair is washed and he can't play, play football, obviously, but like, dude, if you are a superstar player, I'm going to hold you accountable when you don't play like a dude who she'd even be on the field. I mean, that that's the thing. He was like, the biggest weak link on defense the whole day, which we're not used to that, you know, in any capacity from Jair. It is funny that we tend to give use kid gloves on some of our superstars more so than some of the other guys. I mean, some of our best players who should be expected to be held to a higher standard. If they have a bad day, it's like, well, come on there. No, forget that as much money as you're making, as good as you are. And as much as you run your mouth, by the way, uh, we absolutely expect better than this. And, and, Again, with this whole performance where our best players tended to be our younger guys. I mean, it's Quay Walker and it's and it's, you know, uh Jaden Reed and all that stuff. That's that's freaking embarrassing. I mean, you you need to be setting the tone, you need to be the example and to be dragged around by first and second year guys is is ridiculous. I mean, that's said it a thousand times on the podcast, but this is, was not supposed to be a team that was led by the passing offense. And that's exactly what we are, and that's a freaking embarrassment. Our run game is non-existent. Our offensive line is nowhere near as good as we thought it was going to be, and our defense has decided to just quit. And I have no idea what the heck is going on. 
I'll take it a step further than that. You know who else we are leaning on right now? I mean, I people are like trying to light up Matt LaFleur on social media for not kicking the 51 yard field goal. Yeah. Like, are you telling me Anders Carlson <laughs> right. and our passing offense are yeah, what everybody's leaning on right now? It, it, yeah. And it is 56. He could do that in his <laughs> sleep. Let him do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... I believe it. I think he would have made it. I, I know that's what that is. What's crazy. It's, it's, yeah, I, you've pretty much, I think, got all out of this. I I don't think there's, there's much else to say, but yeah, I mean, it, it it seems like every year it's like, can we actually stop the run? Right. Since just 2006. And it's just like, it, I don't know who to keep, who to, what finger to point right now, because I think there, there's so much. Where you go, well, I mean, you know, what the, is the scheme, you know, giving us the best chance to defend the run? Sometimes when there's five down linemen, sure. Uh, but obviously, safeties have assignments there. You know, has Goody done enough to bring in safeties and run defenders on, along this defensive line to, you know, be dominant on early downs against the run? Like, all of this has to come into it. And I think, you know, it's something they, they have to really look in the mirror at, I think. Wait, what year did we? Season. What year did we bring in Jerry Montgomery? Was he? Did he come in with Matt Lafleur? Was he here prior to that? I thought it was before, but I could be wrong. I kind of thought he came in with um, Mike Pettin. Yeah, maybe. I feel like he's been here a while. To me, like uh, I'm not trying to get into the big like, It looks like run defense thing, but like Kenny is a big part of of our run defense issues because he's just not a run defending defensive tackle. He's a pass rusher. And like, you look at all of our, you know, biggest flops in run defense, obviously the 49ers NFC championship game. There's the Vikings game, like the following year when Dalvin cook had like four touchdowns. Yes. Yes. And like, it's always like Kenny Clark has like glaringly the worst run defense grade of anybody in those games. I just I really thought that bringing in T.J. Slayton and yeah. some of these other dudes was going to address that. Well, you know? and to be fair, I mean, it is the most half-hearted attempt at trying to stop the run that I've ever seen. I mean, like I said, th- this last draft class, I'm looking at it going, you don't even care. You are 100% sold out on pass rush. We have one guy that's on this defensive line built for run defense, and he's a late, what is he, a mid-to-late-round pick? Is he a fifth-round pick? T.J. Slayton? Yes. yes. That's it. We got one fifth-round pick who's going to anchor down this defensive line. And and as you said, he's getting pushed around yep. <laughs> on that. I mean, he's getting a lot of double teams, but, yeah, he's just getting pushed right in the ribs, and they're just pushing him right off the spot like he's he, like he's nothing. So I mean, th- th- it is a very half-hearted attack. Even Savage. Savage isn't built for run defense. No. he was. He's drafted because he's no. got, like, 4-3 speed. He flies around all over the place. He's re- He can cover a lot of ground. This, this team is built on analytics. It's all about stop the pass and pressure the quarterback, and everything else is stupid and it doesn't matter, which sometimes that's going to be great, and sometimes you're going to face a team that just wants to run, and it's like, well, (laughs) now we look like we suck. Yep. 100%. I I think the one – oh, shoot. I I, I lost the thought, and I was – yeah, like – 
yeah, Slayton's getting pushed around, but like, I mean, you're a nose tackle. You know the assignment. Like, you're getting double mm-hmm. teamed. Like, that's that's the assignment. Like, yeah, you know, take on two guys. Hold like, hold your ground. Is, yeah, hold your ground. Let let others have their you know have their one on ones. Let the linebackers be able to flow to a play. Like, that's the that's the assignment. Like, you, you got to find somebody who can who can complete it. Like, that's that's it. That's all there yep. is. The, the John Ford one thing job. makes a little bit more sense when you look at it through the lens of that nobody else can defend the run, you know, Colby mm-hmm. Wood and Carl Brooks, like they're just, they're not built to do that. I'm never going to be disappointed with them for being bad at run defense. Cause yeah. they're just, they're not run defenders. Right. And like, I don't think that John Ford is a good football player or athlete, but he is kind of what you, we are missing from a body type standpoint <laughs> of just kind of that big rock that you can't move. Cause he's so huge. Well, that's what, and that's what's funny about it too. Even when we were doing the fifty-three, it's like, well, you got to have Jonathan Ford because there's nobody else, but you also don't have to have him because let's be honest, he can't do the job. So, right. like, it's it's nice that he's large, you know. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he he can't do it. So, what does it matter if he's four hundred pounds? It does. It's 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 not really the point. I, I feel like Slayton is like really top heavy. Yeah, Just sort of weeble wobble. Like always, every time I notice him. I feel like he's he's falling forward because he missed a tackle. He's just you know falls flat on his face well, behind the offensive line. That, and, and I will say that is that is one thing that really annoys me when we have three hundred pound defensive tackles letting guys th- slip through their arms. Like, come on, man! That is that is a you know two hundred pound running back, and you have two arms wrapped around his waist. You should he should go down with one hand, and you're letting him slip through. I mean, I've seen Kenny do it, Slayton do it. I've seen our edge rushers do it. That's wildly unacceptable. I mean, the one time when Bijan did it to Slayton, I, I, I'll let that slide because he was diving like across the field and barely got a hand on him as he was juking like last second. So, I mean, okay, something like that. But it's just, it's way too many times. Like, come on. Of all things that that uh, that I have low expectations for you for, that is that is the lowest bar I can set is bring a guy down if you have two arms wrapped around him. <laughs> especially when you weigh twice as much as him exactly listen you- i found the solution all right okay. it's six five four hundred thirty nine pound defensive lineman desmond watson from florida there's the solution we've got it four hundred thirty. not who i thought pounds. you were gonna say but yeah that's, that's not no it's not no no it has to be somebody <laughs> who can play nose tackle all right i'm sorry i, I got I I, I, I only know, know who, I know who you're thinking about. Yeah. We know we know. There's only that. one defensive tackle in the draft. There's only one safety in the draft. I don't know why you're saying other things. <laughs> only one wide receiver. Wait, which safety <laughs> yeah. is it? Oh wait, oh wait, oh wait. Well, safety is he a safety? Yeah, yeah I think whatever. There, I think there are two, but it's fair. That's fair. Well, th- uh, this should this should be like a year long debate between us because I think he's a corner. <sighs> I I I would probably use him as Amos play, pretty much how Amos plays most of the time, I think. But for those who don't know, we're talking about Cooper DeGene. From <laughs> yeah, Miami. right. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> we're not trying to be D-backs. Nah, the inside joke was fun. Uh, uh, yeah. The guy with the thing. Because yeah. some people have suggested that he's a linebacker, which I don't think any of us buy. Maybe. No. I don't want to speak for anybody, but I don't think any of us buy that he's a linebacker. That's I think he's a corner. Fair. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. 
That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay, how do we get on the whole? Handle. I think he can handle it, but uh, it's because I brought well, up a solution of, of yeah. Defensive he mentioned line. the draft, and then we immediately go to Cooper DeGene. because so. I knew no, I was a four hundred pound defensive lineman at Florida. It was like, well, he should I, just be able to take on two guys. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be a problem here. I was actually asking how we got on run defense because oh, my oh. train wreck was Jair, and I don't think <laughs> I did a train wreck. Oh, it was because that. he doesn't tackle. That's run defense. I think oh, yeah. there you go. We're, we're all thinking of that one play that Clayton shared in the Discord has to have to be. Right, it was just like I don't think I want any part of Bijan here, dude. Where he just, where did he go? <laughs> like there, that, there was something up with Jair. You know, he had, ate something funny for breakfast or something. Yeah, he was yeah. he was not great. Can, can I just because I can't get off of this once once we get on Cooper DeGene? Um, <laughs> no, but but seriously, like we we talk about run defense, and you mentioned safeties. Oh yeah. If I told you we need a guy to play safety. And his job is to help us with run defense. Is that the guy, or are we going in a different direction? I don't. I don't think it's anyone else. Um, off the top of my head, that's a better tackler and run defender. And I think I'm pretty Hello, sure PFF would back that as well. Um, I'm gonna look up. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, John. John in the chat is John the guy who hit us with the donation after the stream ended last last I think week. He, yes, I I'm think so. Sure. John, salutations. We just ended the stream and then it came through. We're like, oh, no, John. (laughs) Somebody's got to get this going again. Because look, my at the bottom of the screen, JJ pay counter zero. Yeah. And and pretty here's here's how this is going to go, by the way, while while uh, Jake's looking that up. Just so you know, as time goes on, more and more of this show is going to be taken up by JJ's discontent with the amount of money that he makes working with me. So. If you want to hear all about that, then just let's keep the pay counter at zero. But um, if we want to keep it on football talk, you know, 25 cents, anything just to keep him happy because he is going to be disgruntled very fast. So just throwing that out there. All right, Ryan, you and I probably (laughs) sent like a combined 40 or 50 messages today to each other. And 
I mean, how many of those were about money? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's 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 pretty much all of them, I think. Pretty like much. every single message, yeah. I mean, yeah. Before the show started, we made sure that the cha ching thing worked. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> um, last year, Cooper Jean. <laughs> Goose says, start taking clothes <laughs> off and the money will come in. I think that he means uh, because pay you to keep them on. Put clothes back on. Yeah. I mean, you, we could test that theory. Like 10 bucks or this shirt's coming off, man. I swear I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I already took my oh, headphones man. off. Here, I'll, I'll take my hat no. off too. It's a joke, JJ. Please don't. Let's see if any money comes in. Jake, please give us the prospect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So DeGene last year, <laughs> legitimately, run defense grade was 88.6. Uh, tackling grade was 89. Um, Draft him. Draft. So coverage, right grade, coverage grade was 88.3. Oh, my good Lord. <laughs> um, this year, it's not been quite that level so far. Um, 78 in run defense, 78 in coverage, 80 at tackling. How much is he taking plays off? Because, you know, he's playing with Utah State, Iowa State, and Western Michigan. I don't know. Uh, plays Penn State this week. That will be something to watch. Probably be covered in the pod this week. Uh, watching him, Tyler Newbin's not bad either. I will say, from Minnesota. You know what's going to suck is he's going to fall right into our lap in the draft. Everybody's going to want him. He's going to make a lot of sense from a functional standpoint, but his testing times are going to be mediocre, and that's not going to be good enough for. Uh, for Brian Gutekunst, who's going to take somebody with like a 10.0 RAS. You say that, but he plays defense. So <laughs> he is the pick. Well, if he was a wide receiver and he true. did that, then we'd yeah. pass him. Yeah, this is the debate right here. Marvin Harrison Jr., Cooper Gene are both on the clock. Oh, you know where Goody's going. Yeah, oh, He's 100%. taking to Gene all day. He's not That's true. thinking about it. That is true. Uh, I'm just thinking no. if there's another edge rusher that has like a 9.8 RAS, he might just, well. just go ahead and do it again. Well, Since we're technically still on run defense, we should address <laughs> Drew's what comment. Are we on? Uh, yeah. Which one? That's Drew, Drew D. He says, "Do we run a lot of stunts?" Now his, his oh, earlier sorry. comment. Oh, that one. Yeah. Do we run a lot of stunts because stunts make run defending more difficult? Now I didn't. I guess I don't know for sure rate, that stunts but... makes run defense more difficult. It sounds believable to me, but uh, Dara Dara Carragher, formerly of of Packernet before he got too big for us and went off to whatever in about a week site he's on now. He he wrote a really cool article talking about all the different types of creative stunts that Barry ran against Chicago. So I'd buy it. They, they well, and I I actually heard I don't know if I was on the stream or not, but I heard Clayton um, reference like run defense stunts. And my brain broke, and I was just like, I'm just going to stay out of it. Because apparently that's a thing, and I don't know how that's a thing. But So just so you know, apparently stunts can be used specifically to stop the run. I don't know how that works. I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to be the, the kid in class who's stupid. But um, I'm just saying, it, it sounds like maybe it's not necessarily a negative. That sounds above my pay grade. I have no yeah, idea. although intuitively, <laughs> it definitely seems negative because that was my thought too. Stunts are going to take you out of these gaps, and you're going to be getting wrecked. My only thing is, is if you're in the right gap, I guess on a stunt, does it like the, are the linemen like getting out of position? Yeah, that because they're be. working forward in zone potentially. Like that's maybe the one thing. I would love to see the difference between head, a pass no rush, idea. a pass rush stunt, and a run defense stunt. We should I assume it's like not gaining affecting ground, the offensive line, right? More. Like 
Yeah, I feel like, you know, the the tackle end stunts, like guys are just ramming into offensive linemen getting upfield. And maybe the run defense stunts aren't as much upfield penetration. It's like Lucas guess. Van Ness gets into the side of the guard and tries to push four offensive linemen down on the ground. <laughs> yes, he could <laughs> yeah. do it too. So, like, that might be the difference. Again, for those listening, that might and watching that might be incorrect. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, just an intuitive guess. Just, do a, just an intuitive guess, perhaps, <laughs> of, of what maybe that that might be. I, I <laughs> can't be certain about that. We should we should tell people what a stunt is because there's some people listening who oh, don't know. It's basically post snap, two guys switch positions. It's basically all it is. Yep. There's Taking different ways linemen. that you can execute it that makes it more complicated, but at the most granular level, it's yeah. switching positions after the ball yeah. is snapped. Trying to get the offensive lineman out of position, get a free rusher. Essentially, did you did you guys see by the way the clip <laughs> the clip of Geno Smith and the Rams run a stunt with uh, Aaron yeah. Donald? He comes oh, yeah. flying around on oh, my god, <laughs> and you can hear on the live broadcast Geno just scream, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's not how he's how he said it. He said it the way I say it in Madden. He just. Oh my god! Just threw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, any of he's us just button mashing. Geno Smith has now been a part of two really hilarious uh, hot yep. mics. Now, yeah, the referee back back one. Weeks, the referee's like, "Hey, man, I'm talking to America. <laughs> like, <laughs> just give me a second here." <laughs> like, oh, so good. I think too, <laughs> old, too old for this for next week. Too old for this in the comment section. Nailed it again. He says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, and then under that, Michael Scott, and then under that, Anders Carlson. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's pretty brilliant. That's what he's telling Basachi every time. Yeah. Like, really? Not me for 56? Okay. <laughs> All right. Ryan, you got to hit us with your ne- next train wreck before this whole episode becomes a train wreck. Sure. Uh, how about a little less of a gloomy one, the Chicago Bears? Are a freaking train wreck. Um, In every conceivable way. uh, Somehow, see, even I, I, Uh, I've done nothing but trash the Bears for months. Even I didn't say they're going to get worse this year. But I think they're worse this year. Justin Fields is worse this year. Their defense seems worse this year. It looks like DJ Moore's kind of been okay, at least this past week, somehow. But no, still somehow they're worse. Like, everybody is... The only thing I can think is the intuition that that locker room was a complete disastrous cancer fest, I think is absolutely true because I just think that they are falling apart and they are imploding. They're kind of just picking up on where they left off last year in terms of spiraling downwards. But, uh, yeah, they, they uh, had a first overall pick and $100 million. They spent they nothing all of it, that. and they got nothing. They actually got worse. That is the biggest and worst train wreck ever. They They, they had... They had a pick, and I'm not even saying these are good quarterbacks. They had the number one pick in the draft. They said, nope, we're sticking with our guy. And two weeks in, everybody says there's no way this is the guy. You, I would congratulations. Like to say, you're you're Freaking, being a little unfair. because Let Poles cook, JJ. To throw the ball, okay? He's Why don't you just let Poles cook? Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they also traded out of taking Jalen Carter. Like at yeah. some point, like bro, 
And he's I tearing up the league right I, now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. Thank you guys, you, they traded out. We were on the clock because we were not going to take him. But this oh. way we can just point and laugh at the Bears and right, say, right. you bunch of idiots. Well, Agreed. there's a lot of idiots, I think, <laughs> we can point out in the top ten for doing, <laughs> yeah. not doing that. Not uh, the Packers. Packers took my number one overall prospect in the entire boom. draft. There you go. Now, I wanted JSN. But they took the guy that I said was better, and I was mad about it. There you go. <laughs> me took my best player, you idiot. <laughs> you right thought with my head instead of my heart. How dare you use my own words against me? The best players in the draft look very clear right now. Uh, we played one on Sunday. Green Bay did. Uh, it was tough. It's a tough scene. And then obviously, to be fair, Carter, we all knew but... exactly what Bijan was. Yeah. No, I, I I'm agree. Bijan. You hear how? Yeah, Bijan. Yes. Bijan. Yes. Sorry. Yes. And also. Um, I'll say he's bougie. He, yeah. I mean, we we knew we he's knew got mustard. He got good. Uh, so yeah, the other thing is is Carter's got what eleven pressures, I think, something like that through two weeks. It might it might be lower. I don't know. I think it's eleven. But and and then uh, I saw today Tyree Wilson has a zero point zero percent pass rush win rate uh, so far for the Raiders. Uh, went two picks or three picks before him. So that that whole top ten's got some. Got some splainer to do when they when the fan base goes, Oh, look at this guy. He's he's you know, he's just tearing it up like everybody thought and he passed. So but yeah, Spares train wreck bad. Uh they ran that screenplay three times in a row. <laughs> uh wonder what was gonna happen the third time uh that you did that. Um definitely not a veteran defensive lineman understanding, oh look, this might be happening a third time. Oh god. Like Getsy, man. Like this is we're there are people throwing out like, hey, you got to fire him. Let's see if we can get Greg Roman in here ASAP. Just, just, <laughs> just run it. Pretend he's Lamar and Kaepernick, and just let him run. Like that's all we can do now. Like this is that's where they're at. Like, there, it's a legitimate suggestion. I don't hate it because you got to do something else, right? Like this can't keep happening. But I, for one, am shocked. Just shocked that uh Luke Getze is not succeeding over there in Chicago after being uh the wide receivers coach at Western Michigan and then getting a call from his buddy Aaron Rodgers to say hey just come work with me and don't do anything and then no. just immediately fumbles his way upward to being the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator I well actually I'm not that shocked that it didn't work but still it I'm, is it is kind of funny. I sent JJ a video, but there's a, a a guy who does like quarter. He's a quarterback guy. He does breakdowns and all that stuff. And he was talking about it, and he just absolutely slaps the crap out of Getzy. Not not necessarily directly, but he kind of breaks it down. And he's like, it's very obvious what they're doing. They're trying to make him into Aaron Rodgers. You can tell they they changed his footwork to look like Rodgers. The dude's not Rodgers. Like it's 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 a freaking disaster what they're doing with him. And and it's funny because he kind of goes into depth explaining like why certain quarterbacks change their footwork and do different things, and it's for a reason. Like Tom Brady did it because of his wide receivers, and Rodgers did it for these reasons. And yet the Bears, which would be Getzy in this case, have no idea the theory behind it. They have no idea why somebody would change the stance or why they're doing any of these things. They've never studied it. They've never looked into it. They just said, this is what we taught Rodgers. This is what I know, so I'm going to teach you to do it because that's all I know. It's freaking embarrassing. And this is this was like a fourth-string quarterback. I never heard of the guy. No idea who he was, but he knows quarterback well enough to be able to say that this offensive coordinator is a complete joke. It's, it's, it's crazy to me that guys are in the NFL with offensive coordinator positions and don't know basic like theory as to... 
not just what you do, but why you do it. That seems like a 101 qualification. I'm telling you, Western Michigan's wide receivers coach <laughs> knows less about quarterbacks than a fourth string yeah, NFL quarterback. That, that actually does make sense. He was a wide receivers coach his entire career. Well, and it's telling, too, when after the uh, 2021 season, all of LaFleur's coaches start getting poached around the league. You know, Hackett goes to Denver and tries to take half of LaFleur's staff with him. The Bears come calling. The Bears in the division come calling for Getze. LaFleur says, go in peace. You have my blessing. You can't take Stenovich. You can't take Jason Vrabel. Getze? Yes, please, please take him. Good luck to you, Getze. I mean, it's it's incredibly telling that LaFleur was happy to let him go in the division and play him twice a year. Yeah. I just I, the two things I got to point out, and then we can get to Jake's whatever. Um, <laughs> first of all, this has been sitting in the comments way too long. Too old for this again with another uh, office reference comment. He says the worst thing about the about prison is the Bakhtiari questions, and that's prison Matt. That's pretty. Good. And then I just got to point this out because this guy is a known hater. He he hates. He's just a negative. I think he's a Packer fan. I don't know. He's always in here talking crap. Just to be clear. He says, okay, the Bears are worse than the pack. Move on. He doesn't like us talking about the Bears being bad. Then he says, please tell me why A.J. Dillon is still considered good. Nice guy, complete stiff, get rid of him. So he doesn't want to talk about the Bears being bad. He wants to talk about how much he doesn't like the Packers. And then he says, K-Bye, thought this was a Packers chat, not a Pack sucked Sunday, but the Bears are worse chat. Negative Packer fans are the worst human beings on earth. They're so insufferable. They're so freaking miserable. It's just, It's just so tiring. I get it. Like, you hate the Packers, and you just want to talk about that all the time. Like, yes, we should get rid of Dylan. We should fire Gutekunz. Matt LaFleur's a piece of crap. Like, Jair sucks. A.J. Dillon can't run. I, like, we, we've got, like, four good players. Everyone else should just burn in a fire somewhere. Like, everybody's horrible. Michael, go away. We're going to be. We're gonna have fun talking about good things once in a while. We started the show being miserable. We trashed Jair. We trashed the G- defense. We, we've been talking run defense. We yeah, we yep. did, and then all yeah. I said was, I'm going to take a positive. Th- I'm going to take a positive swing, and we're going to make fun of the Bears a little bit and have a little bit of fun. And that's yep. unacceptable to negative Packer fans. Nope, you only talk about bad things. And and another reason why he's probably mad about this is because I guarantee you guys like Michael have been saying things like. Uh, the Packers are going to suck. The Bears are going to be better. And now that the Bears are significantly worse and we're talking about it, oh, don't talk about it. Don't talk about that. Go away. Go away. Unsubscribe from my channel. You you offer nothing to anybody. Go be miserable somewhere else. You drive me freaking nuts. One of my train wrecks was going to be the negative Packer fans. Dang it. I'm oh, sorry. I should have let you take that. No, I'm glad that <laughs> I, I think that you did a, a better intro on it than what I was going to come up with. And I just, I kind of want us to all dogpile on it now because okay, that was mine. It's fine. No, dude, I, I uninstalled Twitter from my phone this week after the game because I felt fine after the loss. Like, okay. The first 30 minutes after the game, like I was still kind of pissed off about some of the individual plays that I was like, man, you know, that's that really sucked, whatever. But after 30 minutes, like I was fine. Like it, it's a week two loss, right? We are not like, oh, we have to get the number one playoff seed or we're dead. Like, this is just a for fun season. Yeah, we're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, we think there's a good chance at making the playoffs in a weak NFC. Yep. But, like, this is year one of this new era. A week two loss by one point. Yep. 
And like, I don't know. I'm I'm frust. I'm I have been frustrated every time I get on Twitter. I feel like it's the same like three idiotic talking points of like, hey, we need to improve the team by cutting AJ Dillon today. <laughs> we need to trade for Cam freaking, Cam freaking acres. acres. Yikes, <laughs> Mister Two Point Eight Yards Per Carry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And we need to fire Joe Barry. Not because of the scheme, but because guys are missing tackles. Meaning he had guys in position <laughs> to get negative plays for the offense, run stops, sacks, etc. And then guys just dove and missed. You had Kenny Clark laying on the ground half of the game because he was diving and missing. I just don't under like look, do I like Joe Barry? No, not really. Do I think that his scheme could be better? Yeah, at times. I don't understand. The whole like, oh, this loss is on Joe Barry. It's not. It's on the players who didn't execute. Jair freaking Alexander was in man coverage on Drake London. Half the game was a complete sieve. Gave up 100% of the uh, targets to Drake London. And people are going, oh, fired uh, Joe Barry. Like you guys screamed all last year about you got to play more man. Okay. Jair is shadowing Drake London here, and he's he's not breaking up the play. He's not getting you know he's he's letting Drake London you know scream wide open and then making like a half hearted tackle attempt after the catch gives up a touchdown gives up a perfect passer rating, and now all of a sudden you're mad like you want Drake London doubled. I do, no. I just don't understand. I've been no. talking about Joe Barry no, no. too long on this specific episode. No. Of the live stream. <laughs> yeah. Like this is already more Joe Barry talk than I wanted to get into. But every time I get fair. on Twitter, it's just the same re talking points over and over again. I'm I, I'm just miss me with the Cam Akers crap. And, and I mean the, the whole thing is just getting exhausting. Like I'm I engaged with it. And now we're in like day three of it and I'm already the like I don't I don't have anything else to say about it. Like the defense is not good enough, established. I don't know why. The you know, but but even yeah. then, like you said, if we can just take a step back for a second here, we were the underdogs in a game, second week on the road. We missed probably our top four offensive pieces in this game. We're not supposed to win the game. No, we we lost by one point, which actually we beat the spread on that because that's that that was better than expectations. Yeah, um, and we're number one in the division. And our team is ranked top 10 by almost every metric you can find that ranks teams. So, yes, they're a frustrating. I, I understand, like, the, the run defense thing is really frustrating because this has been a long-seated issue for a long time. Sure. But, and I, I even made allusions to this on the podcast, like, if we can't move on, there's something wrong with our, with our fan base. Because, like, other, other fan bases are breaking down. We have to be better than this. This is ridiculous. It's one loss in a season where if we happen to limp into the playoffs, that's a freaking bonus. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. It got to the point, I think, where really, you know, you see us, yeah, because this is probably part of it too. Like all off season, you know, hearing how the Bears are going to be good, right? That that was, you know, the Bears are going to take the the jump. So you go beat that team by eighteen, and then suddenly, perhaps expectations, yeah. which two days ago, right, two days ago, right, that Monday felt really good. Two days ago, you're probably thinking, man, if we win 10, that's incredible. We win nine and sneak in the playoffs. That's awesome. Ahead of schedule, all that. 
But once you beat a team by 18 that people think, oh, maybe this is the breakout team in the NFC, now suddenly the expectations change. The field goal posts have now been moved. Now losing to Atlanta is unacceptable. I love, yeah, this is this is a great comment. Well, and it's and you're it's, not going to be undefeated this year, people. We beat the Bears yeah. by 18. Right? Yeah, they, they, they play the Chiefs in, De- in December. Like you think like, uh, we're going to be favored in that game now? Suddenly, like I don't. <laughs> yeah, I just, and and unless it changed with the Monday night games, I don't know. We we have we're the second highest scoring offense in football right now, which probably is a little bit better than we were expecting. I would assume. <laughs> like, right. Well, I mean, one month the ago, paper play passing is incredible. So oh, far. it's astronomical. Jordan Love is is hitting doubles and triples like nobody's business. I know PFF <laughs> doesn't love it because it's play by play, and Jordan right. Love definitely has to down by down improve consistency, hit singles more, absolutely. But he's hitting doubles and triples already, which is awesome, and especially over the middle of the field, which you know we we can't we can riff on that for however long we want to, right? About you know who avoided it and now who's attacking it. Great. The young guys are stepping up. Wicks and Reed are, for rookies, stepping in. No Watson. Dobbs has been, yep. you know, pretty much hampered. I mean, he, he still didn't complete. He wasn't full practice all last week. They're stepping in. They're making plays. These young guys look great. Just, ah, oh, just chill. You know, if we lose to the Saints, are, are you going to relax? Probably not, because Aaron's not going to say anything about it, right? He's not here. But, like, okay. You know, there are going to be games that that are going to look really good because I think love to me is ahead of schedule. Right. Yeah. If, if things were flipped and like, you know, the rush EPA was really good and love wasn't playing well, we'd I think we'd still be complaining like, oh, love's not good. What are we going to do? Just, oh, man, it just it takes one loss and like everything just flips to your point. We're missing Bakhtiari, Elton, Jones, yeah. Watson. Yes. Like that's our our four best offensive players we're missing all of them romeo dobbs is i'm not exactly sure what's going on with him health wise but you know final play of the game we have freaking samaria toure and patrick taylor out there running routes god knows why because romeo dobbs can't play like the, the the falcons were favored by what one and a half or two points we covered the spread we lost by one point people are pissed probably because we were you know, leading by twelve pro- at one point. That's due why to miracles. Yeah. That's why. But one one month ago, it's like a month and five days ago, I tweeted out just for fun my like season long. You know, here's the wins, here's the losses. I had us beating Chicago, losing to Atlanta and New Orleans, and then going on a three game winning streak. That doesn't you know mean anything, but the point is like that's where my head was a month ago, and the comments. Uh, Ryan Murphy says, why do you have us losing to Atlanta? I said, I'm anticipating a slow start. The Bears stink should be an automatic win. The first few weeks will still be challenging against good defenses. And although I don't think the Falcons have a great defense, they have a terrifying corner in Terrell, who did basically erase Romeo Dobbs on the day. I think that really matters. Like you had Tay Wicks and Jaden Reed carrying the entire passing offense. I didn't really see Luke Musgrave you know, tearing it up as much as he did in week one either. No. You know, and elsewhere in the comments, uh, John said, after two straight early season losses, Sean Clifford will be the new starting quarterback, <laughs> which, I mean, I go. think we're classic. I think we're pretty happy with where Jordan Love is, even given the low completion percentage and given the 
uh, loss to Atlanta, like, I mean, I, I'm not sure what you expect him to do at the end of the game when he's trying to throw passes to Samari Toure and Patrick Taylor, and he hits Toure in the freaking hands and he drops it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I right. don't know sick, what you bro. expect him to do. Sick, right. That was really impressive. And he's got a bunch of those, man, that and, he could drop. And, and I made that point, too. If, if they catch those passes... That that number flips on its head. His 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 completion percentage above expectation yeah. goes way up because none of those are going to have a high expectation of being completed. So when you start completing those, when those guys start catching yeah. them, yeah. that's going to change a lot. Yeah. And I'll give I will give credit to the Bears fans who ran their mouths at me all off season, in particular at Let's Go Chicago Bears. Love him. Oh yeah. He kept pointing out to me how young our wide receiver core was. Hey, you're right. We got all these young guys, and they're rusty, and it's costing us some big plays. Yep, you're right. Offense still looks pretty good, even even that withstanding. Yep. yep. And, and, and my, there have been people commenting about like how like oh wow like this Packers receiver group is young and they look pretty deep. Like they've seen that from like just random like accounts who cover more of a broad spectrum of things that aren't really focused on the Bears or the Packers. They're saying, well, this is you know. If Wicks can play like he did in 2021 or at least get like, you know, there were flashes of that, I think, this week. Like, whew, this is, I mean, you got to be excited about where they're at, especially, again, like we said, Love is, he, he's, we, all we asked for him was to be able to execute an offense. And I think from a doubles and triples perspective, he's definitely done that. Can the singles get better? Like I said, absolutely. But like, feels out of schedule which is which is great but again yeah it's you know who love has been reminding me of a lot and like mm. obviously there's a lot of Aaron Rodgers comparisons but that part aside he reminds me a lot of when the 49ers offense has been like humming along at its best over the last four or five years Jimmy Garoppolo just like kind of consistently always doing the right thing you know getting the ball in the hands of playmakers like, I feel like he's got that sort of Jimmy G floor and like people like to dunk on Jimmy G, but he's a, in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, he was a fine quarterback and he murdered everybody they went up against. I feel like he's got that as, as his floor and we all see the Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes comparisons, you know, in Jordan loves game. Like yeah. we, we know what his ceiling is. I think Jimmy G is like his floor. He's executing Matt LaFleur's offense the same way that Jimmy executed Kyle Shanahan's offense. And that's enough. It really yep. is. I just want to get to Mike's comment here. Just just for Mike and anybody else that might have popped in a little bit late. First of all, he says the defense is 27th in the league in yards given up with 333 yards on the ground. It's just not good enough. Someone has to be held accountable for that. All three of us agree with that, Mike. Yeah. We yeah. very much agree. I think the only point we were getting at here is it's getting exhausting. Like we heard it. We vented it. Something yeah. does need to be done, but at the same time, when when we just keep hammering the same three negative things over and over, like there, there's there's a lot of positives, and there's really no reason to be this angry for this long about a one point loss, you know. And and and, and beyond that, we don't know what next week is going to look like. It could have been an aberration, yeah. and next week yeah. we look really good. So, you know, I mean, uh, maybe it's just because we and and I especially talk about this so much and so often every single day, two podcasts a day that I'm kind of to the point where I'm like, I'm just burned out on it. But we all agree. Uh, it's yeah, just right. we, we have to be able to move on from such a minor, minor thing because 
there might be a lot worse things coming up. And if we can't handle a one point loss, we yeah. are going to be in for a massive amount of pain this year. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, remembered a point I wanted to make like 40 minutes ago. <laughs> Brian, you were talking good. about like yeah. how we have to tre- treat our superstars with kid gloves. And then, you know, we just take the hammer to like the players who we don't like so much. Yeah, right. And it reminded me like one of our highest graded offensive line this lineman this week, who I think gave up maybe one pressure the entire day was Royce Newman. And people still won't stop kicking the crap out of him on Twitter. I'm like, we need to cut Royce. And I'm like, dude, if we had cut him before the game. Right, we'd be in trouble. Our Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan would be playing. We take a tackle inside. And and I don't – I get frustrated a lot with some of the, like, hey, we need to cut A.J. Dillon to make the team better. We need to cut Royce Newman to make the team better. And I'm trying to just point out, like, listen – if you think that there's like addition by subtraction, I don't think that's the case with a backup. I think that that can be the case no. with a starter. If you've got a toxic yeah. starter out there, okay. sure. I, I think you could make a nope. case, even if it's not a great one. But like, if we're just talking about backups that you don't like, dude, we got, you know, we had a practice squad running back out there on the final play of the game. And yep. who I think is our worst wide receiver in Samari Toure out there. And, like, that actually cost us the game because Toure dropped the pass that would have gone for a first down. And the Falcons, I, I think, I guess I never really heard whether, you know, what the final decision was about whether it was a, um, you know, pre-snap or post-snap penalty. But for a while, at least, the Falcons were debating if they were going to decline the Patrick Taylor penalty to just go ahead and get the ball back. You got our two worst players out there. Like, there's there's yeah. places on the roster that we can upgrade yep. that are a bigger deal than, hey, we got to get rid of our running back, too. We got to get rid of our left guard, too. Like, yep. just give it a break. I get that you don't like the guy. But if you if you want to free up a roster spot to add a specific player that you want, like, hey, let's say Cam Akers actually gets cut and he's out there, you know, on waivers to be claimed or whatever, which is probably going to happen. I don't think any team is dumb enough to trade for Cam Akers. I wouldn't necessarily I, I rule actually, that out, but yeah. I, I actually think the there are a lot of parallels with A.J. Dillon and Jordan Love. You know, we talk about Jordan Love and the CPOE and all that stuff, and we're like, well, yeah, well, if the receivers would catch more, that stat would increase. This offensive line, even for an offensive line that is traditionally not good at run blocking, they are horrific right now. Yeah, it's just- impossible for any running back, even Aaron Jones, who, despite his week one uh, prowess, didn't even match up to his standards. But it's impossible to get like a 90 PFF grade behind this offensive line. You can't do it. You need to have places to run. And that's when you can have like a couple three and a half yard runs, and then you rip off that 20 yard run. And at the end of the day, you end up with great stats and, and great grades and all that kind of stuff. If there's nowhere to go, you can't have that. Now, I'm not saying he's been perfect because I don't think he has. The tripping is obviously getting to be a little comical at this point because I talked about it week one, and then week two he does it again where he's just stumbling, and it's like, come on, man, you, you got to be doing a little... Like the one time you get a hole, you trip. <laughs> you can't do that. But um, but he also had I like mean, three runs, three long runs of eight to nine yards where he did get hit in the line of scrimmage and kept going yeah. anyways. Yeah, and it's just... The point is, I, I just think if we can get the running 
the run blocking to just pick it up like a lot of things need to pick it up right now there's a lot of things not up to uh, up to snuff even the pass blocking on the interior is not where it needs to be and i assume it will get better because it's the same guys so i'm I'm just i'm willing to be patient you know we saw some of our offensive linemen like elton jenkins kind of take a while to kind of get acclimated almost mid-season i know it was an injury but still i do think if we see better run blocking we will see a better version of aj Dillon. he just needs a little bit to get going there's nothing for him to get going i don't think right now I'm making excuses for him, and I do think he does need to be better. I still stand by the fact that I don't think he's special. I think he's good enough. I think he takes what you what what you give him for the most part, and maybe that's all he's ever going to be. But the idea that he is just garbage and he always has been is not true. He has been a very solid and consistent running back for us, and it's been a slow start, and I do think the offensive line is a big part of that. As, a, as one of the uh, big... <laughs> big uh haters of the dylan pick at the time and for the first probably two seasons was very i don't know i I was very upset about it and continue to kind of push that upset um emotion out on dylan even when he was playing well i think there are parallels to how dylan is playing now and how rogers was playing in 15 where he doesn't trust guys to get open so the confidence isn't there so he's not ready there, I think there's a part of that with Dylan where you know he's not confident he's going to get what's supposed to be there for him in terms of rushing lanes, in terms of how he's you know often played a patient game between the tackles. And if things aren't set up well, like you don't have that confidence to attack when it's there. So I think that's part of it. Dylan's trying to think maybe I need to freelance a little bit. And that's kind of how Rogers looked at 2015 a little bit. The rhythm went away and I got a freelance. So I think there's some parallels there as well with Dylan. So as somebody who has, you know, not been the biggest fan of Dylan for a long time, I'm willing to, to kind of hear him out a little bit at this point, because I do agree. I think the run blocking, you know, from left guard to right guard has been pretty atrocious. Uh, Snap to snap. I I, Myers might've been a little bit better uh, this past week, but it's still not where it needs to be for a guy like Dylan, who, you know, he's not he's not explosive. He's not going to be able to, you know, just bounce things out, you know, when things aren't there. It's not his style. It's never going to be his style. He has to be between the tackles and he can operate that way. It's just it has to that confidence has to be there. That trust has to be there and, and execution has to be there. So and it hasn't been. We've got a few uh, comments that we need to get caught up on. One of That's them being question. Andy asked, can you guys please talk about the Bears again? So Michael leaves the chat. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. He says uh, he's le- he's like those I, I people like that say they're point. moving to Canada. You just this say it because he's angry. He's not going. He's going to hang out with us the rest of the day. This is a good question, though. I- Chris, Chris, um, I saw I see your comment about my voice. Just so you know, if you want that comment to get featured and read out loud, you have to super chat it. <laughs> you super chat it. Oh, okay. Get the, get the donation counter okay. going. Okay. Using then extortion we'll, we'll tactics now. Wow. We'll read it on air. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I didn't even see it. You're like, lucky because I would have put it up there if I'd have seen that. I like Drew's question, and I also like that he has a comment down here about there's there's a Gutekunst not getting an offensive tackle. And All right, let's let's do this one that. here. So this Drew D says, one. "Do you guys believe Love is a franchise quarterback now? Do you uh, did you before the season? Would anybody like to go first? Sure, I can go first. Uh, okay, go ahead, Jake. All right. Uh, in 2020, when he was drafted, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was very high on on him uh was i high in the selection maybe not not as much (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> but I thought that he was, you know, I thought the Chargers were potentially on him. Obviously, there was all that talk from his QB coach about Indy and New Orleans being interested. I thought, oh, yeah, please jump on that. That's a good idea for your franchise. So I was all in on that in 2020. I think I've grown less confident over that time because of Rogers frustration and Gutekunst not willing to necessarily just move on and, and get the kind of headache frustration out of the building that they were like, Oh, we still need him here. That kind of put, you know, people that, that kind of brought people to the forefront who were like, Oh, they're not confident in that in the quarterback. Like he's not really the guy. He's not good. So that kind of waned the confidence a little bit uh, before the season. I was very much on the fence. I thought it could go either way. I knew you knew where the ceiling was. You saw all the the splash plays that he had. You saw how he played against Philly, which by the way was not garbage time. I I that I will fight that one. I'll die on that hill. They were in that game. Uh so he played well in there, but the Chiefs game obviously was, you know, Spagnuolo just unloading pressure and just not having a response to it. So I was very much on the fence. Right now I still am. I think it's too early to tell. I think I shared it. Where did I share it? I shared it in Discord today. Uh, the um, EPA and uh, where was that photo? I don't remember. But I it was about like you know the the chart of yeah of quarterback efficiency where Love's just in a in a strange place in terms of EPA and and completion percentage over expected composite. Like it's you don't see a lot of players up where he is. No. Um, so I that's. Looked. Have you seen any in re- none in recent years? No, I I went back. So the the one site it goes back to 2012. I went through the first two weeks all the way back to 2012. There was nobody, and then I went for the full season, which I figured is less likely from 2012 through now. And there's there's zero. The closest was like Mark Sanchez in 2012, and he was he wasn't he wasn't even close to that. It was okay. he was like uh, 0.2 EPA and like minus one CPU. I mean, it was it was just so like strange. kind of off the the grid, but. No one has ever been close to that. That's so strange. So uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. I, that's, I, I'm not sure. I, at you're this saying point. you're, you're I, not sure right now if he's a franchise QB. Yeah, I, I still think I'm where I'm at before the season started. Um, less certain for sure than I was in 2020 uh, when he was a prospect, just because. I, I think there's just PFFs obviously clearly seen an inconsistency snap to snap. You have to hit the layups. He hasn't hit a lot of them. That's a little concerning. Uh, obviously, I'm 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 loving the fact that he's hitting some big plays, and the EPA per play is up there. You know, with the tops of the league, I think it's second right now behind Tua, who's gone absolutely nuclear through two weeks. Yeah, I'm still just you know, can the consistency improve down to down? And I think he can get there. So, Ryan, you remember my buddy Justin, who used to call into Packer after dark and. He was like a big Lions fan and hated I think so and all that stuff. So he was sitting next to me when the Packers drafted Jordan Love. And I don't know, like a lot of us, I didn't react well to that draft selection. Sure. And I was like, you know, when they traded up, I was like, I there's nobody left who makes sense for them to be drafting. Like all the wide receivers are gone. They're all gone. I was like, they're taking Jordan Love. I don't want him. I didn't want Jordan Love at all. But, like, it's obvious that's who they were drafting up for or trading up for. So we took him. And um, since then, I feel like I have talked a lot about 
how excited I was to finally get to see Jordan play and, you know, how I was ready in, you know, before the 2022 season, I was ready to move on from Aaron. And before this season began, this 2023 season began, uh, my buddy Justin was asking me, cause like, he just remembered how I had reacted when we drafted Jordan. And he's like, so why haven't the Packers like gone out and signed, you know, Carson Wentz or somebody to come in and be your starting quarterback? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, like Jordan's the guy. And I think that's where I am. Like, I, okay. I do think he's the guy. I think barring like a big collapse yeah. that would be obvious to everybody, you know, to where you're watching him play. And it feels like it feels like when you're watching Kenny Pickett play right now or when you watch Justin Fields play. And it's like it's just obvious that they're not the dude. I think Jordan is clearly here next year. You know, is he going to do enough this season to earn that big mega contract? I don't know. But, I mean, if, if again, if Jimmy G is a fa- franchise quarterback, and I think people probably would describe him as a franchise quarterback, I think Jordan Love is as well. So I think that's my that's my answer. I've mostly been down on it. Um, I didn't like the pick. Uh, I think going back and watching him, unlike apparently most people, I was actually really impressed. I mean, I know everybody here liked him in college, but the vast majority of people – seemed to just assume he was terrible in college, which I don't think was our conclusion. But um, I really liked him. and But I think from there, I mean, we, we just didn't really get to see him very much. And I kind of just stayed in this realm of, like, most quarterbacks, most picks don't pan out. Um, the little bit in the preseasons and the camps or whatever don't seem great. So I'm, I'm leaning even a little bit lower than average, especially since he's a late first-round pick and not, like, an early first. Yeah. And then there was a spike in the Eagles game where I was like, okay, that's cool. But it's small sample size, whatever we'll see. And I think the biggest spike occurred this preseason when guys started breaking him down and and going through and being like, his ability to understand the offense, to know exactly, like, pre-snap, he knows where he's going with the ball. Like, he knows, because he knows the defense. As soon as this guy moves. But not in the same way where Rodgers, last couple years, scared guys down. That's yeah, right. That is a good distinction. That's not what I mean. I don't mean he's gonna no matter what I'm going to Devontae. I mean he's reading the defense. He knows the structure of the offense. As he a result, to attack the defense, yeah. I know that that Romeo Dobbs is the guy to throw to, and he's gonna go to the next level, look off to the right to get the linebacker to move, and then throw to his left. Like the, it was it was wow, such a revelation of how yeah, how good he was in this system that it it really spiked my um Fields My belief in him. Fields now, doesn't do any of that. No, he doesn't. I mean, he, he's, yeah, he's and, and that's down. the thing. You watch the he's quarterback. Yeah, you watch the quarterback breakdowns, and and there's a lot of good, a lot of, but I don't hear a lot of people saying that kind of stuff about quarterbacks. Like really, genuinely being impressed with his ability to just like it's just instant. Like he just knows. Like like they're in the film room together, and he, they they just get it. But there are still concerns. Like I I came into this with the deep throwing is a problem that hasn't been reconciled. His ability under pressure, that hasn't been reconciled. And now just generally like consistency and hitting passes, especially like you said, layups. That So th- these are three problems that if they don't get reconciled, I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback. Will he be like a decent start? I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how likely it is. Like you, you mentioned before, hitting triples all the time. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a thing that's going to be sustainable. Um, 
So it's it, it feels like a race to me. Like what's going to happen first? The fall off of these these doubles, triples, and homers, or are we going to start seeing the other stuff come up? Because if if this comes up and this stays, we're talking top three quarterback. If this stays down and this comes down, he's got to. I mean, he's gone. He's going to be off the team in a couple of years. Um, but, so it's it's just there's there's optimism because he's really talented, but it, it's still just kind of holding my breath, hoping that the 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 bad goes away and the the good stays. I'm I'm excited for this week because the Saints have the sixth highest graded pass rushing unit in the league right yeah. now. And the Panthers are right behind it at seventh, and we're going to play them later this year as well. I'm excited to see, in like a sick way, I'm excited to see Jordan just under like horrific distress from an opposing defensive line because I really want to see if he can get rattled. We saw him rattled against the Chiefs in 2021. And since then, we just haven't really seen that. Yes, his grades are worse when he's under pressure, but you know, like you see some of these other bad quarterbacks who just have like a horrific day when they are under assault and they're rattled, including Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my favorite thing about Jordan love right now is still, he doesn't get too high and he doesn't get too low. And mm-hmm. he's just, he's, he shakes stuff off. He's got that short memory, shakes it off, goes back out there. Now, you know, the end, the end of the Atlanta game, again, it wasn't great, but he also wasn't throwing to anybody. There was nobody running routes for him at the end of the game there. But, like, he still, I think, was still making plays, staying uh, staying calm, trusting his offensive line. That was the one of the big things that you would see when Rodgers would have his complete collapses, like Chargers 2019, 49ers 2019, Buccaneers twice in 2020 where he wouldn't trust his offensive line and he would bail from a clean pocket or throw the ball away when he's not actually under pressure because he's seeing ghosts because he's freaking out. We haven't seen that yet from Jordan. I want to see if a ferocious pass rush from a team like the saints is going to do that to him. I'd like to see that because I think, you know, if you look at like the whole kicker um, comparison where you're looking at, how Mason Crosby started off slow, Dan Carlson started off slow, and what happens when those guys have a long time in the league to keep honing their craft and Mason Crosby turns into one of the best kickers in the NFL, thankfully for the Packers who didn't bail on him. Dan Carlson gets bailed on by the Vikings, goes to the Raiders, becomes a phenomenal kicker over there. Jordan Love, to me, feels like a guy who – the longer he's in this offensive scheme with LaFleur, I think is going to get better and better. You know, we, we saw this huge leap from him in year three. I think we saw another similar size leap from him in year four. And we're watching him here. My question is like, hey, what's he going to do for the rest of the year? What's he going to do when he's in really, really bad situations, which maybe the Chiefs or the, the Saints defense is going to do to him next week? And what are we going to see from him in that year five leap? Because if he just continues getting better and better every year, I already think he's decently good. So if he just keeps improving and the Packers stay patient with him, this to me doesn't feel like a situation where you're just in quarterback purgatory, which you do see with some guys like when Matt Ryan was going downhill for like four straight years at the end of his career or Marcus Mariota. And it was just clear like the Titans are in 
quarterback purgatory. I don't see that with Jordan Love. I see a guy who is getting better. And the question is, are you going to be patient enough with him long enough to reap the benefits? Or are you just going to say like, no, look, the standard in Green Bay is quarterback excellence. And, you know, we have the opportunity to draft a guy. We got to pull the trigger and, and, you know, bye-bye Jordan. It is funny too, that you mentioned that you're looking forward to seeing the pass rush. Cause it's kind of funny. You, that's something you would never wish ever on your own team, but I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like, good. Like I, I, I want, yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's, I want to see it, but I also want him to prove that he can do it. You know, it's like, I'm so sick of like, well, he looked good, but there was no pressure. He looked good, but he was safe. He looked, let's, let's put the guy under pressure and let's see what he can do. Let, let him demonstrate and show. And if he can't, then he can't. And, and we can, we can talk about it. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of consternation about it, but, um, if nothing else, he needs the he needs that experience. He needs that exposure. I'm glad it's not every week. It's not like Joe Burrow getting just buried. But yeah. you know, once in a yeah. while, realizing you're not going to see like a five percent pressure rate in the NFL. Like this, this is more of a real thing. You got to be able to handle it. And I'm just excited to see it because, like you said, it's it does just kind of feel like you know. Yes, if we, of course the goal is always to win a Super Bowl, but that's honestly not exactly what we're doing right now. Well, think back to 2019. That was an evaluation year for Matt LaFleur and like this kind of new look Packers roster. And we didn't have expectations of going to the freaking NFC championship game in that year. (laughs) We had expectations of, hey, can we see the offense start to look lifelike? Can we see some creative play calling? Can we see guys who look like they like playing with each other? Can we see the defense actually play well? And, you know, they didn't start off the season – incredible i for, i'm starting to forget uh you know who we played in like week two and three but i know we played the eagles in week four that year and it was really frustrating and it was a bad loss to carson wentz and like at that point in the year i think we were all still in like evaluation mode for that team and for matt lafleur and we ended up in the nfc championship game and i'm just looking at our roster this year and i'm looking at the coaching that we have and like everything is in place to where it can be an evaluation year and I can still have my priority in week three be, Hey, I'd like to see our new quarterback under a lot of pressure and see how he responds and still feel like we have the pieces around them to go out and win the NFC because it's a bad NFC this year. I do think, I think that, you know, it's surprising already how well, you know, the Falcons have been playing. They're one of the only two and O teams in the league right now. And obviously the Niners look good, but they also haven't really played anybody. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, I, I don't want to play the Niners, though. Hopefully the way that the playoff, <laughs> you know, shakes out, the hey, Niners play somebody hey. else and we can miss them because I'm just I'm hey. so sick of that team. Yeah, even, even though that's not the expectation, getting bounced by the 49ers is still just something I can't stomach. No. Yeah, that's that's fair. We're oh, we got rid of them. Oh, man. Jake, we got rid Jake, of that. You haven't done your I, I was holding it up there for you, and then we, we were kind of running long. I we, I mean, you, cook, you can touch. Man. Just just do it. Just do it. You know what You know what it is. <laughs> All right. So I think who brought it up? I'm going to make sure. Let's see if it I can find it here. It's not Chris N. We're not doing Chris N's comment about Drew? my <laughs> I think it was Drew who said it. He didn't. Su- we, we would do it. Where is it, Drew? Uh, Dang it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I found it. Uh, Goody was a little irresponsible not getting a tackle last year in the draft. He is implying Bakhtiari is never going to be healthy again. Bold statement, but you never know. 
Uh, we need a starter. Oh, let me cook. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A point of clar- so, clarification before you start. When he says the draft last year, is this the 2022 draft or the 2023 draft? I assume 2023 because I think in 2022 they did draft some. Yeah, because Tom was dra- – yeah. We got Tom. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. the 2023 so because they didn't draft – yeah, they didn't draft Cook him, Jake. All right. No, no, I'm not cooking him. I agree. I'm going to cook with a, a tackle <laughs> prospect. With this tackle That's what I'm, class? Are you serious? I'm cooking. Yes. I'm about to cook. <laughs> I'm cooking. Shut up. <laughs> do you hear this? We're getting stuff on the grill. All right. Do it. Do it. All right. Um, so I think with the tackle class really quick, the there's there's one guy at the top who has uh, dangerous uh, splits <laughs> in terms of grades. <laughs> Uh, that looks suspiciously like he's going to be a Packer. I will say that's John <laughs> from Penn State. Um, oh, he looks he looks like the Packer when he plays. He's allowed one pressure on eighty two uh, opportunities this year, and just one and forty against an Illinois front that's like good, mm. like legitimately. Gabe Jacobs is going to be a twenty twenty five prospect to watch on the edge. Uh, and Andy had a couple reps where where he was you know trying to fight off stunts and stuff from Newton, who's a dog, by the way. We know we know this. Uh, but he can't move anyone off the ball <laughs> for his life right now. I don't know what that what that's about. Penn State's strength and conditioning is often really good, right? Like, I, I don't. I, they've 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 got guys who are two hundred and fifty pounds running four three nines. Like, he's a, he's a beast. So, um, <laughs> oh, he's watching me cook. Yeah, you might be dreaming right now. Um, it's possible. Too old for this. Said I took sleeping pills an hour ago, but I'm still up watching this chat. I don't know if this is real life or if I'm dreaming this chat. Too old for this has got me just giggling to myself on the stream. Be dreaming it. Um, Hey, you you guys enjoy this live stream because this is the last one we're ever doing because nobody's (laughs) chatted. Jersey's gonna protest. Man, we're not doing this again. That's right, JJ. See, let me cook for a bit and see if somebody drops one. Yeah, he's gonna cook so good. Yeah, that's he's gonna gonna scare up a donation. Yeah. Right. Uh, Joe Alt, really quick. The splits look super encouraging, even this year, too. Uh, he's obviously doesn't have the huge test yet. NC State was one of the tests. He did pretty well. Grades looked solid. He's a good run blocker in both facets. It's zone and gap schemes. He's good run blocking there. I he's think when you a, look at... Hmm? He's going to have a great test this Saturday. Yeah, that's what I mean. The yeah. test is going to be off the charts against JT Tuomoloau and Jack Sawyer coming yep. in. You got... Uh, yep. Mike Hall. I mean, I know he's the interior sure. guy, but they can move him around. Yep. This is this will be this will. You'll see what Joe Alt's made out of. We'll and, see how and, he uh, handles that. And the grades weren't good last year, so in that game against Ohio State, so we're gonna have to see you know a little bit more, hopefully, from him in that game. But he's he's that slow loser type in pass protection, where it's just like, yeah, he might lose eventually, but it's in an, in a Lafleur offense, especially. I don't. I think the ball's gonna be long gone. Uh, so that's somebody to watch for for sure in Notre Dame. JC Latham, big fella, big fella, <laughs> six six three thirty five, uh, has similar splits, but I think the run blocking isn't like it's not as it's not as drastic of a shift. He's a big dude at three thirty five. I expect him to grow in technique to learn how to move people off the ball. Uh, so I'm fully in on that regard. The Texas game. Uh, he he did allow two pressures on 39 opportunities, but it was still a really impressive uh, game from him. I watched that one back a bunch to just watch Latham play. The kick slide for a dude at 335, oh, man. 
just oh i'm gonna like this guy i can already oh gosh by the way you're describing i can't believe he can kick sled like this (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense um he's got fleet feet but he you know he gives up the inside move a little bit that's something to watch but i i really like latham he 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 might be tackle one um and amarius mims got hurt for georgia that stunk that really stunk honestly um but i think when he comes back for georgia player to watch for sure uh the, the tackle class has so many names how about this though i this guy got to bring up because he's he's a dominant player in both both facets of the game and he's played three positions at a high level this is exactly who the packers pick cooper baby out kansas state is exactly who the packers would pick okay that does make uh, sense. i thought you're gonna say well, josh simmons no 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 he he wasn't part of the cooper cooper uh cooper baby's the dessert here uh from the meal here um that i'm cooking up uh 734 snaps at left tackle in 2021 uh allowed just 10 pressures uh on 348 opportunities the grades are all in the 80s across the board moves to left guard plays 919 snaps at left guard in 2022 for kansas state the uh, the pass blocking grades even better uh the run blocking grades not 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 too shabby at all just allows nine pressures on 422 opportunities and so far this season over at right tackle the grades look excellent as well. I'm just saying he can play anywhere. This is exactly the type of player the Packers pick. Just just write him down because I actually wrote him down. I, I wrote a little something last August about, oh, who's going to be the Packers pick in 2023 in the first round? Cooper Beebe was one of the ones I put down. He returned to school, but he's playing legitimately everywhere. This is this is exactly it right here. This is Elton Jenkins, it's a, perhaps. It's a big boy. And he, Elton he, Jenkins. He, He's a he's a huge man, and for some reason, at least in this one picture, he reminds me of Tauscher. <laughs> for some reason, he's quite good. What in the world are we doing over here? I'm I'm oh, 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 okay. I like this. I, <laughs> like this. It so said you your name, that. and I'm like, is, is this a picture? Is some weird picture of you? No, this is Cooper Beebe. Look, there you go. Yep. He looks like a Packer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Holy! It's like um, you see, six four three thirty five. He can play inside. He can play outside. Got fleet feet, love him. It's too bad he's replacing Bakhtiari because I feel like he and Bakhtiari get along great. Oh, I yes. Come on, <laughs> that's that's oh. the one right there I was looking at where he looks like Tauscher. Yep. Well, I don't know why it's making his hair go away when you click on that. You click on it. Long hair <laughs> Tauscher pick. Yeah, what's happening? The images. I'm Look sure. at all the different hair. <laughs> Never mind. That can't be all down the rabbit hole. Is that all him? Oh, no, without the beard, that looks. That's weird. a big boy though, man. Like Holy it. cow. Oh, yes. That right there. Oh, hang on. It's uh, I, I can see that. It's Let's just yeah, drive the go. train. There it is. Draft yeah. two Coopers in the draft. That's it. Oh, oh Cooper no. DeGene and Cooper Beebe. Yeah, just Ooh. both Coopers. Draft them. Man, you guys thought that Luke Musgrave and Lucas Van Ness was hard. You yeah, wait till you get two Coopers. <laughs> then, then, then we make some kind of a Coop joke. I wish I was smarter. I would have thought of one. <laughs> yep. We need we, Now we need a guy named Luke Cooper on the on the team. Oh, no, no. <laughs> No, there is a Luke Jones from Iowa, highest graded center in week three. Just saying, so there there is that as well. But I don't they're not drafting this guy though because he he's um he's a Big Twelve guy. They're Listen, there are always exceptions. <laughs> always exceptions. Jake is not he's, having he's it. Not, you he's shut not your from, mouth. He's not from. He's not. <laughs> he's not from like the Texas area. This is he's from Kansas. This is you know we're getting into that North Dakota State, South Dakota. Like we're getting into that type of area Brian of the, of the only continent. ever heard of the Big Ten and the SEC. 
Well, it sounds like the Big Ten needs to invite these guys is what I'm hearing (laughs) right now. We'll we'll take care of it right right here. What is this? John Stroman just commented cheese commercials? I think he's editing this. We're going to need a replacement for the Ellen Box cheese commercials. Have the coop, so Jake, have the Jake, you got anything it. for us on uh, replacing Ellen Box cheese commercials? <laughs> what do you got uh, yeah, in the draft for the next Coopers, year? Let the Coopers do it. <laughs> there you go. Coopers, Coopers are the perfect. Yeah, I think it would be like the Antonelli's commercial, but the Coopers. <laughs> I like how you you took that question so seriously and like just yes, just nailed it. Like, oh yeah, the, I mean, I think Coopers could do it. <laughs> no, I, have, I I think they'd have no problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Replacement for the commercials. What about Olu Fushanu? <laughs> Jerzon Newton. He could do it. Oh, let's get yeah. Let's get started on that. Seven pressures against Penn State. Oh, <laughs> they couldn't block him. Cooper Beebe. The whole game. A kid brother who also plays for Kansas State. Camden Beebe. Just tell me Cooper Beebe is related to Don Beebe, and we're good that's to go. A, that's what I was wondering. Oh, yeah. what if he is? It's possible because he had another uh, he had another son that played for the Vikings. Well, in Kansas oh, yeah, State, right. was purple. Well, there's another connection there. Yeah, it's possible. We could Google it, but I'm I'm fine just speculating. Don, <laughs> do we want to talk center replacements now too? I'm on. Sure, right yeah, now. hit you us with get... center replacements. Go for it. <laughs> Is there anybody uh, worth talking about? I think through three games, Drake Nugent from Michigan's been really, really good. Great, um, that makes sense. I think he's been fantastic. Uh, a little lighter at three hundred one, but like, I he's looked really good. They they haven't they haven't really played anybody. Obviously, he came over from Stanford, so he's been, he's played four years at Stanford. He's, this is his first one at Michigan. But I, J- I he, do we J- need J- road graders. You want road answer. graders? Well, there you go. Mad City Architect, how do we change that JJ? Pay counter can't stand that zero zero zero. Need some money in the tip jar. It's a good idea, Mad City. <laughs> if you want us to get back to the Packers and for me to stop cooking, donate. <laughs> we will be cooking until midnight tonight. <laughs> We're at an hour twenty one of our one hour live stream. Yeah. So as soon as somebody donates, I think we Just can saying. finally call it. I think that unless I you think donate because you want us to keep going. And which well, case, that's <laughs> that's the other JJ won't let me leave because you keep well. giving dollars. That's the other side of that. Yeah, that's the other side. <laughs> oh man, Drew I, I says like, I tried I to like, donate, but it's not working. Okay, so maybe this is the issue. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe something's broken. Sorry, JJ. Wait, wait. AJ, AJ's commenting is the JJ. Wait a minute. He's not the JJ. Right cook now. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Hey, Hold you on just say that I don't cook. That's no, no, you weren't cooking at the this very moment. Oh. We can, I thought we I was can set up earlier the, when I you had were. My, you were. I had I had that one I, rant that was good. I agree. You were cooking <laughs> I did earlier. that one. If that's what they're talking about, then that's fine. But I didn't. I had, know. I had a good rant. She goes to Canada school. You know <laughs> <laughs> hey, ninety-nine cent. There All right, is. there oh, it is. There it is. John Stroman. Let me do my one thing. Live oh, stream coming in clutch again. Here's what I will this say: is not quickly. broken, John. Yes. Oh, yes. what if Mad City it's not broke it? Or no, it was uh, Drew. What if Drew lied when he said that it, that the donation <laughs> wasn't working just to get just to get somebody to do it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow! That was, I appreciate that. That was slick. That's 
it's that's broken good it's, it's broken somebody try it <laughs> somebody try it put a lot of zeros behind it oh wow too old for this four ninety nine because Chris didn't donate. I'll summarize. Wow, JJ look doesn't look that. like a middle school boy, oh. even though he sounds like. Nope, one. nope. Drew found <laughs> Drew found the correct button. I think just now. Hey, ten bucks. Wow, it's flying Jeez. in. We got. Oh my goodness! On the button. Ninety eight now. So, just to be clear, twice. I'm I'm clicking around so fast to get back to my ching thing. I clicked accidentally on the end stream <laughs> at the worst possible time. We're still going. I had to, I didn't yeah, confirm yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, oh shoot, I almost oh. just cut off JJ's uh, cookathon here. Oh man. Oh, this is sweet on our new platform that we're using here. When people donate, there it is. Tab that just highlights them. So like I can yeah. I can close the regular chat tab and only see the yeah, you who love me enough to give me money. <laughs> if yeah, if if, if you oh, ever got your no. cookathon going. <laughs> right. Oh god. Oh, yeah. Okay. John Strowman says, take your shirt off, Ryan. That's a hundred. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, I, I, and now you guys are making wow. me do math here. Wow. And I'm not letting JJ do the math because he's going to say I owe him 50 bucks. <laughs> this the is perfect. in the chat whose name is AJJ, and he specifies, I am AJJ, not the JJ. I see. I see. At least you know your place. I see. <laughs> Daniel says, go full Burt Kreicher. <laughs> with the shirtless. Oh, man. Yeah, I think Chris's comment said like that I sound like a middle schooler and look like a mountain man. That is pretty much it. Yes. Let's just say, uh, you know how some people have a face for radio? I had to cover mine up with the mountain man beard. There you go. My wife did not marry me for my uh, voice. Mad City Architect. Mad City Architect found the button. Doing it. Suddenly we've all found the button. I, I, I got to say, JJ, you owe Jake uh, a I'm big uh, thank you because I think this was ready to be wrapped up. And he's like, let me do centers real quick. I'm like, all right, <laughs> fine, do centers. Apparently, Jake's yeah. center talk has inspired the masses. Everybody loves centers so much. Oh, it's good to can, know for the we, future. We can get to Cedric Van Pran if we want to. <laughs> we might have to do fullbacks. I don't know. These oh, people, they, they're into well, some kinky stuff. I was going <laughs> to say, I was going to, I was going to, I'm glad we didn't bring up running backs because that's a great segue into a tease for the pod tomorrow where I'm going to bring up the perfect compliment to Aaron Jones. So you better listen. Oh, <laughs> it's the, it's the it's guy. Paul Williams. <laughs> No, no, he's still he's still in college, still in college. <laughs> so guy's, first of all, he, in the he's he might right. he might enter, he might not. It feels like I I'm concerned he he goes back to school, but you know we'll see. Dang it! Huge thank you to everybody who has been donating here at the yes. end. Yes. We went from zero to twenty two ninety seven in like five seconds. Wow! So that brings my point three three uh of uh 2297 to 758 and i think due to how he was cooking i think we got to give the the 34 percent to jake this week oh wow oh wow <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i'll cook for free just just keep donating <laughs> <laughs> I, I will i cook for the love of it yeah absolutely <laughs> i've been having so much fun dunking on the bears on twitter and just pulling some receipts oh, and man. um my favorite thing was that after week one, all the Bears fans are just frustrated with Luke Getze and frustrated with the you know the game plan as they see it, and just saying like why why aren't they let, letting Justin Fields take any shots deep downfield? 
<laughs> too old for this says what my money is going to jj i thought it was going to rabies awareness science hey just because i look like i have rabies doesn't give you the right to say too old for this is as obsessed or possibly more obsessed with the office than i am and i appreciate that <laughs> too old for this is i i i i almost didn't get the reference because i was like you didn't hear rabies that was bb hey for cooper that's yeah. that's that's what that what you heard not rabies come yeah, on yeah that's not what you heard <laughs> let me say let me start over oh man <laughs> oh yeah oh uh, yeah we'll get and all the snaps get... of where he played here <laughs> But when the, we, we get this great clip in week two for the Bears against the Buccaneers where Field stands in the pocket for, you know, six seconds before finally taking, like, the most embarrassing sack you've ever seen. So I just posted that and said, let Fields throw deep. And, like, the comments are just Bears fans just like, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> that's that's what's no fun about it anymore. It like it no, used to be all off season. I, I could try to be as quiet as possible. Like I hope Bears fans don't find this and put the most obscure thing out. They all found it. They all just went nuts. They won't say anything anymore. And the only guy that keeps popping up, he's got an attitude, but he's like, yeah, I know he sucks. I, I get it. It's like, all right, thanks, dude. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> Honestly, the best, the, perhaps the funniest part of this from a draft perspective is I see people going, well, you know, if we take Williams and May, both can't bust, right? <laughs> it's it's funny because I've commented on that a couple times, and it's like that's so stupid. But at the same time, seriously, do it. Like, that would be, like for a uh, franchise that has literally never had a quarterback ever. What? Think, what, 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 what? Just freaking wrong. do it. What, every just every do pick. It. Yeah. Every pick. Yeah. What, the, what the biggest debate, Ryan, that you and I ever got into on Twitter was the. Would Mahomes have sucked if the Bears had drafted him? Debate because I was saying yes, and you were saying no. Like even the Bears can't screw that up. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to revisit that because now I'm not so sure anymore. I'll tell you what: if they draft both of these quarterbacks as they should, and they both fail, which I, I talk about that a little bit on tomorrow's podcast about the hilarity of how that could turn out. But um, then then we'll know for sure. Let's just put it to bed. Draft both of them. If they both bust out, then we know it just is what it is. If you want to take, you know, Penix and or Knicks in the second <laughs> round as well, like that's fine. Uh, do whatever you got to do. We'll just start uh, donating quarterbacks just to see if you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Out of the goodness of our heart, here's Kurt Banker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what they need right now. Yeah. Will Tyson Bajan get snaps? My column. Now, oh, the one thing that we've never seen is like an established good quarterback who's not washed up, like late-stage Andy Dalton, go to Chicago and see, like, do they immediately start sucking? So, like, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers would not have counted because they already had a down year before they left their team. Yeah. It would be like, there's a dude like Jalen Hurts or whatever. Well, they already... Kirk deal with him. You would need you would need to trade for a dude who's like in his prime. Well, what's kind of funny is you you mentioned Mahomes and you think, well, I wonder what that would look like. But then we saw him without his tight end and like he didn't have a defense. And you look at it and go, you know, he's kind of playing with a slightly better version of the Bears, and he looks like garbage. So maybe maybe he would be terrible if he went to Chicago. We've always had that argument with Cleveland too. It's like, would Cleveland ruin this guy at QB? Yeah, yeah. It's possible. If Josh Allen went first to Cleveland, would he have been bad? Right. 
It took well, him a couple of years, so you know. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was actual possible. development that had to take place to get Allen where he is. Yeah, I don't think the Browns could have handled it. I don't think so. Yeah, Bears either. Speaking <laughs> of which, like, what's the verdict here with Deshaun? Like, is Deshaun ever going to be a good quarterback again? Like, forget the sure off the field stuff. Good. Is he ever going to? play football at a competent level again because he's got a fully guaranteed like yeah. five-year contract like oh. the Browns are stuck with him hey yep. that was my train wreck oh Where it? where's the you should have gotten to it 55 minutes ago <laughs> listen we got on a lot of topics it, it was a perfect derailed episode if i've ever heard one uh so, my train wreck was gonna be matt canada well that's yeah we got there we, uh so brock purdy obviously playing pretty solid so far this year just just helping the engine of the Niners offense go he's making a, he's counting 889k against the cap uh Deshaun Watson last night was like 22 of 40 like 235 one touchdown one pick one fumble uh you know basically gave two touchdowns to the defense uh you would have won the game otherwise uh 19 million dollar cap hit this year 64 million in the next three each 64 million for e- each year so Yikes. Uh, I can't wait for his camp to be leaking stuff about like, ah, Stefanski's just not running the right offense for him. <laughs> yeah. That's coming. Like that, that's yeah. going to happen, especially right. if they lose to Tennessee next week. Like the, his camps can be like, Stefanski just can't call an offense. Like he just, he's not tailoring to his QB. Yeah. AJJ okay. says, Jay Cutler looked like a beast before the Bears traded for him. Now, I'm a little bit too young to remember like pre Bears Jay Cutler. But wasn't he like, you know, like Kirk Cousins level beast? Like, like he wasn't like. I think that's probably fair. He was the beast who gambled. I know it was a massive thing. Like it was a it was a huge move. And then uh, uh, what's his name came over with him, Brandon Marshall. Yep. Um, and that was that was huge. Especially, I mean, they got an established defense. Now they have a legit quarterback. Like we don't have to worry about draft develop nothing. Like this guy is a really good quarterback already, and we get like a premier wide receiver coming over. Stack it with our defense, we're good. And the Bears gonna Bears somehow they ended up with one of our favorite Packer fans' favorite quarterbacks of all time because yeah. he was just yeah. he threw so many passes to Packers. Dude, Christmas uh, was always happening when he was. I don't know how that team wasn't good. I don't get it. They were one year. Right, yeah. they were they, 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 they yeah. were like seven and one, and then Color threw a pick, chased a guy down, and like completely wrecked his thumb, and like season done. I definitely remember that happening. I don't remember yeah. what year that was. Twenty twelve might have been the year. I feel like that's they were competitive, but... and obviously they got to the NFC Championship game. Yes, in twenty, yeah. And so, <laughs> so. They, they had a couple of glimpses there. Yeah. You see Daniel's comment, by the way. Hillary Swank recently commented. This is Daniel saying this. Hillary Swank recently commented on the Office episode, Hot or Not. She made it about the boy-girl dynamic and totally dodged the question, which for those of you who don't watch The Office, the question is, is Hillary Swank hot? can't believe she dodged that question. Do we, do we want to address that, by the way? Is Hillary Swank hot? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. All right, we'll leave that alone. I wanted to hear the cricket chirp right there. That was unfortunate. I, I, that's one I got to queue up for uh, next time. We got to get all really the sound good. effects going. Yeah. 
I don't I don't want my answer to be on record, but like she's fair enough pleasant, but she's not hot. Very very pleasant. Well, you just put it on record, so I'm not sure. <laughs> that <laughs> I'm not gonna, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, called train wreck. I think we're ninety okay. minutes in. Who's listening? If I have to say this and put it on the record, it's fine. <laughs> uh, oh boy! Okay. Honestly, that that's the line oh, that boy. came to mind when you said that. Getting down to the nitty gritty in terms oh, of yeah. what the actual question is: Is she hot? All right, we'll leave it alone. I mean, JJ touched it a little bit, but we'll leave yeah. it alone. Yeah. <laughs> I keep looking at too old for this is profile picture. He looks like a young, slightly more attractive version of Nathaniel Hackett. I think. I really can't see it. I, I always just. I assume it's a really old man. Not, not in the chat. You got to look at the one that you highlighted on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's still kind of. I don't know. I don't want to put my face the hack, it. The Hackett vibes. I with a name like too old for this. I thought he was going to be like an old dude, but he's not. I think my my brain's reconstructing it. All I can see is a bald head. So I'm assuming it's you know that like old man mask that some people wear. Oh yeah. That's that's kind of what I'm picturing when I see him. But Great. apparently, as you get closer, that. he gets younger. Yeah. <clears throat> Drew asks, how are the Bears not interested in Derek Carr? That's what blows me away. Did we ever get closure on which team it was that Brady wanted to go to, and then he was, like, ticked off that they were sticking with some garbage quarterback and said, was it it the Niners and Jimmy G, or was it the Bears and Trubisky? No, it's it's definitely the Niners. I don't think he wanted to go. I, I can't imagine he wanted to go to Chicago. That's true. I just feel like he wouldn't have because that was Brady's. Not that was twenty twenty, right? So twenty nineteen Chicago, twenty eighteen Chicago was good Chicago, right? The twelve and fourteen twenty nineteen. That's true. Yeah, wasn't the good. I, it has to be San Francisco, dude. I, there's no way it isn't two Super Bowls in San Francisco. Yeah, easily. I yeah, yeah, I think so. I I it it had to be. It had to be. Because there was that whole deal about Garoppolo being picked, right? I think in the second round by New England, and then you know they had that whole thing that power struggle. Bill wanted to go with Garoppolo, and I think Kraft and Brady were kind of like, "No, we're not doing that. Not happening." And yeah, the whole Jimmy G was a took whole his long twice. Yeah, there was a whole <laughs> there was Imagine a whole long that. article on all the power dynamic there. I wonder if Brady hates Jimmy in real life. Like, is he like? Laughing at the rate. Well, he's like trying to buy the Raiders now. Yeah. Well, that's like he's. <laughs> didn't he already buy in? But it's like not official for this year because maybe he can kind of come back in. He's to the still, NFL. like obsessed with Jimmy G. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. He tried to leave this New England strange. to go to San Francisco and take his job. Yep. Now he's trying to buy Jimmy's team. So he can kick. He's he's just going to do it just so he can cut him, and that's it. That's the whole thing. Or he's going to like trade him for like a seventh round pick (laughs) to uh, Chicago. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Fields, Fields for uh, Fields in a seventh, please. Thanks. I keep cracking up that people are trying to ship this whole Brady to the Jets thing as though Brady doesn't hate the Jets. I would assume this is true, but does he does he like Belichick? Did he really enjoy beating him? Did he really enjoy beating him in that Sunday night game, though? I think he did. I think (laughs) I think I think he's competitive enough to go. Yeah, I'll I'll beat Bill three times. Could it could it be a Brett Favre Vikings thing? 
I'm petty. I will beat him thrice. <laughs> I I wouldn't rule that out. But no, we we I think I think there's a good chance the Jets will trade for QB. And if there's the nobody Vikings, to trade for. If the Vikings lose this week, they drop to 0-3. They really get behind the eight ball midseason. Cousins is not under contract next year. It's a rental for a playoff push. I could see it. I just even with Rodgers, like it's it's a garbage roster. Like they have some good pieces. It's not a good enough roster. You're not winning a Super Bowl with that roster. True, it's not but heavy. also you have an offensive line. Like, but also no. I'm not overreacting to the Rodgers injury. We've said all year they don't have an offensive line. Right, right. They have a receiver. That's it. They have a receiver, and they maybe have a running back, depending on how you feel about. Brees Hall, which most people love him. So, okay, a running back and a wide receiver. And then a decent defense. That's all they have. Kirk Cousins is not leading that team to the Super Bowl. The Vikings have a better roster than the Jets do. But, oh, they have no. a better wide receiver. <laughs> what would you I, say? The, the defense is horrendous. It's horrendous in Minnesota. I was going to say, the Jets, don't you feel like at some point, Joe Douglas, they have to win. He'll be like, ah, well, Rogers got hurt. We won six and eleven. Is that going to be enough for Woody Johnson? I feel like it's not. I feel like Woody Johnson's like, you know, you guys should be in the playoffs by now. I don't know. I don't think we're messing around. Smart. That's that's what (laughs) I mean. Johnson doesn't know anything. That's what I mean, though. Like, is it is that him being exactly what you you are accusing him of? Being like, hey, we gotta get to the playoffs. You're trading for Cousins. Do you understand me? I don't care that Rogers got hurt. Like, that's 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 what I mean. Is he smart? Probably not. Just completely like, tanking he, tanking his own team by yeah. making completely stupid decisions while Rodgers is fighting win. to get back. He's going to go out and make a trade. Yeah, I, I get what you're what saying, I mean. and that that's makes what, sense. JJ, in, I'm agreeing with you in that sense and saying, like, <laughs> would he do something and be like, hey, Joe, buddy, you got to do this. All right, stop messing around. I, I would that's be okay worry. with it if the trade is Kirk Cousins for Zach Wilson. I, Otherwise, I think, please do not give the Vikings anything for Kirk because he's oh, gone next year. Oh, they're gonna they're, they're gonna, gonna pay, they're gonna pay out the years. I'm fine if they do. Like, <laughs> I mean, I I respect the heck out of Kirk, but like, we know what the Vikings' ceiling is. The yeah. the thing that would be wild is if they, you know, the second second round pick is solidified and they throw a one for Cousins. Well, that's the thing. The Packers would have to agree to that, right? I don't. I think that Mark Murphy is too wily to just <laughs> give up that, that little bit of leverage over but. nothing. He would ha- he would make the Jets give him something in return. And don't forget, Mark Murphy is still salty over the fact that the Jets let Favre go to the go to Minnesota. Like he made a big deal about that this time around about making sure that like listen. We got to have stuff in place to protect us this time. He, he is not giving up that little bit of leverage that he has on the Jets for free. <laughs> it doesn't have to be for free. I'll take Joe Tipman if they're if they're interested. <laughs> I'll gl- <laughs> gladly. I'll um, take, uh, I'll I'll take, take Garrett Wilson. Oh well, hold on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's be reasonable. Um, twenty twenty five first, and you got yourself a deal. Uh, <laughs> I just I I I genuinely think Woody Johnson will do something like that, and I feel like Cousins so. is such an easier target 
because he's a free agent after this year than someone like Kyler Murray, who's got ridiculous amounts of dead cap and and so much to be paid out over the course of a contract through like 2028. And then oh, what did something like that? So, what oh, if? don't say field for Wilson swap. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. What if the Jets are dumb enough? To yes, they probably are. Out the Browns, the only other oh, team. No. Oh no! Yikes! No. That's even. I think that money might be worse than Kyler's. I feel like uh, the Jets have to be smart enough to be like Watson's well, playing horrible. However, however, how, right? how much of Let's, Watson's money is dead? Like, isn't it just like all guaranteed? Like, how how much did it they is dead cap? You know, um, rated. I don't know. Like, if I, we can. This if we is... continue on with that conspiracy theory, though, that you had brought up, Jake, that pretty soon they're going to start leaking that um, oh, well. the the coach is the problem and he doesn't know how to call plays. And then we say, okay, the Jets owner is an idiot. He looks at that <laughs> and says, hey, this is still an elite quarterback. It's just the Browns that are the problem, not realizing that they're just as crappy at developing quarterbacks as anybody else, but it doesn't yeah. matter because he doesn't know that. So he says, hey, we can still get an elite quarterback, and not just like 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers. We can get one of the best young, talented quarterbacks. You know, Granted, it was like four years ago, but still in, in forever, and we can bring him in here, and he can lead us into the promised land. I mean, it's wildly unlikely, but it is a fun conspiracy theory to play with. Oh, man. It's actually, and the Browns get get out from underneath the worst decision. They do surprisingly, their franchise has ever made. Is as crazy as that sounds. Don't let them off the map. <laughs> but yes, I, I mean, I think it, the thing it is, is worse than the Herschel Walker. Yeah, trade. it's bad. It is. I I just think like Cousins with the rental of like you don't have to pay this guy past this year it makes it like perfect for everybody because of that. Like I think. Watson, you'd be like committing for multiple years. Does that make, you know, does that like part of it, like being like, ah, we, so we got to send Roger somewhere, you know, and then, you know, oh no, Kirk is a free agent. They're sending Roger somewhere. So, we can weave, we can weave a crazy tale out of this that Rogers ends up in Minnesota just like Favre did. <laughs> it's fate. Like, so, I, it is, it is meant if to some, be. If the Watson thing happens, then. The all Watson thing off. also goes that direction, though. So, first of all, it's actually way more feasible than I thought. I so, guess it probably would be than Murray's, yeah. Watson is only, I say only, but like considering how bad the contract is, he's only $63 million dead cap for the Browns. And yeah. the Jets would be getting him for just under a million bucks for the rest of this year. And then... They would have to pay him 140 million over the next three seasons. Which what's 140 divided by three? It's 46. You're paying 46, almost 47 million bucks per year for three years. But they have Rogers under contract, I think, for next year. Yeah, that's the other thing. You're paying for both of them. Yeah. So the thing is, you then ship Rogers somewhere else. Minnesota, Chicago. He wouldn't go to Chicago. I think it's Minnesota. Well, okay. Yeah, Minnesota still makes sense then because you yeah, wouldn't because ship Rodgers off until off. next year. And that's yep. when Minnesota needs uh Gets off the books from Cousins. Yeah. But I think All the Jets are going to have a pretty Minnesota. nasty dead cap hit, aren't they? Who? The they Jets? probably would. 
potential. For shipping off Rodgers? I think they would take a big hit for that and then still have to pay for... I don't know why we're digging so deep into this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking Packers Saints to finish you the would, show, but we got to be shocked this. to find out that the we viewers have actually gone up since we started talking about this. We That's were almost down to zero and they're spiking it? back up now. How about it? Let's get those donations flowing again, boys. <laughs> oh, JJ, shut up already. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no way. So the Jets oh, would crazy. have $63 million in dead cap from Rodgers. Yeah. And yeah, then the team is... trading for him, aka the Vikings, would only owe him about six million bucks over the next two Ooh. seasons. They would get him for twenty four <laughs> and twenty five for All six right. million bucks total, so three million bucks per year. Which means the Vikings are shipping some serious compensation back to the Jets. Yeah, a lot. The Jets are shipping some serious compensation, probably to the Browns, to offset. There's a lot Some of that dead cap the Browns are incurring. Yeah. AJJ says Kirk Cousins actually would only cost ten and a quarter million because his ten million bonus strips off. I don't want Kirk Cousins to strip anything off. <laughs> uh, I. It just seems like the most feasible thing, and if if we're even remotely considering the possibility that Woody Johnson's a big enough idiot to trade for Watson. He traded for Rodgers. I, I get it, and that's what I mean. Like, no, like I think we're bringing it up. Like, it's a possibility. Then, like, trading yeah. for Cousins should be like cake. Damn, it's like, oh yeah, this is no problem. And if we get off, it's not even tight. Like, the only question though is like, so the logic that would cause you to go after Rodgers is the same logic that would tell you that like Cousins is garbage, like. Like, right now, I think Cousins is a better quarterback than Rodgers right now. Well, okay, if Rodgers had a hamstring or whatever it is, his Achilles, if he if he had that. Yeah. I still think Cousins is, is the better quarterback, but the reputation is that Rodgers is elite and Cousins is garbage. So I don't think he'd be interested in, in Cousins. I think that he would want somebody with a really big name. This is fair. The other path that gets Rodgers to Minnesota, if we just get off the free agency thing, it's gonna happen. is they have a terrible year. They have a really dra- high draft pick. They draft a quarterback, and Rodgers says, screw you, get me out of here, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. And you know what? The, but when you pick that high, great draft pick. The only reason you wouldn't do that is if you were trying to really stick with this plan that you're selling the fans on, which is that like Zach Wilson is your future. Well, watching him for the whole 2023 (laughs) season is going to change your mind on that idiotic plan. Joe Perano (laughs) donated 10 bucks and said, go pack, go. Hey, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. There were a few questions about Packers saints. I thought (laughs) I was just watching them pass by. (laughs) And then people started bringing up Kyler and Cousins, and oh, was, this is great. This is this is this is the derailed episode. If you haven't gotten on the bandwagon for derailed yet on the feed, this is brand. the one. This is the one right here that should that should uh, bring you into the fold for sure. We talked about tackles and guards in the draft, and that Cousins to the Jets. <laughs> 
We talked about Packers for an hour and 15 minutes, and nobody liked it. And then we talked about centers and yeah. and Deshaun to the Jets, and boy, oh boy, did Ooh. JJ just, he just cashed in the money. Yep. <laughs> the people a, love it. What a pod. Well, you got to update my, my money counter now that Joe dropped his 10 bucks. I just did. That's what the 1099 is. It went up from seven something to 1099. There you go. Double it. <laughs> <laughs> Double it. All right. What will that take? So oh, my good Lord. We are almost at the two-hour mark on our one-hour yep. live stream, so we probably should call it. Probably should go, yeah. Brian, did, are, did you do an AM pod for us tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Let's stay up late then. I I have to upload it, so. <laughs> I we got like... plenty for tomorrow, too. And so, I got to get my, as we said, Packernet After Dark up at in 13 minutes. I so can't... we got to get going. I can't ignore this one though. Joe Pereno, who just donated the 10 yeah. bucks, asked, How bad is John Runyon? And I have been, like, since the preseason, I have been pissed off at John Runyon. I think minus whatever it was, like the third preseason game, he had one preseason game where he was, like, elite at everything. And other than that, for the entirety of 2023, dude has been just laying an egg everywhere. Did he play center in that game where he was doing well? That's a good question. I don't think he did, but I'll check. Not to not to get <laughs> deep into a question here. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, Sidebar. Uh, no, he didn't. He played right guard. Okay. I yeah, he played center in the first game yeah. and then right guarded in the second game when he had his great grade. Listen, just just Joe, just he get on the bandwagon. Like, Cooper BB to Green Bay. Just get just get on it. <laughs> get on the bandwagon right now. PFF really liked what John Runyon did like all three weeks of the preseason. And actually they've given him an eighty one grade overall so far for the twenty twenty three season. Oh, I guess that's for the the preseason. He had an eighty one grade in the preseason this year. I don't know what they were seeing. That first game against Cincinnati, he did fine, I guess, pass blocking. But run blocking, it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen from John Runyon. It was bad. Yeah. He, on, on one run play, he was following the running back, running after him, and then just dove for the sideline and just belly flopped onto a dude who wasn't even in the game. Yeah. I'm not even sure what he was trying to do. He just like dolphin dived. Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> also, John, I'll answer John. I think I'll be the I'll be the I'll be the uh, diff, differing um, answer here. I guarantee it. Uh, no. Uh, John asked if we have to go to bed. No. Jake says no. <laughs> no, I I don't. But I don't. But Jake, what time zone do you live in? Central. You're central. Okay. I'll I'll be up at least at least four more hours at least. He'll be cooking. I'm, I'm Eastern, so I yeah, feel like I cooking. get tired sooner than you guys do. Yeah, maybe I get tired relatively early. So even Ew. with the time zone situation, <laughs> yeah, I will be cooking though, because count. the uh, I earlier tonight we did kind of about half of what I have for the pod tomorrow. So, there you go, and and we mentioned already the running back that fits with Jones perfectly. You better listen. That's what I'll be doing. 
All right. He's teased it enough times. You all have to go listen to his podcast for time. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Ryan, you want to read that last comment for us and uh, get out of here? Uh, yes, I do. AJJ says, been listening to the Packernet pod for years. Just want to say thanks for the passion. AJJ, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you and uh, appreciate you listening, man. That's it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at JJ Leahy, at Pack underscore Daddy, and at Jake NFL Draft to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. Make sure you're subscribed to Packernet on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go Pack Go!